The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. The women found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? The question took the women by surprise. The women had come to the place of the dead because the last time that they saw the dead one for whom they were looking, he was in fact dead. They had watched from a distance just two days beforehand as they saw him crucified. They saw him suffer and to cry out in agony and give up his spirit. They saw him from a distance, laid in the tomb, the stone rolled over and sealed. And this morning, they came back to the tomb, carrying the spices with them that they may give to their Lord, their master, a proper burial, to honor him according to their tradition. But when they arrived, the stone was rolled away and the tomb empty. And this did not bring any comfort to the women as the empty tomb brings comfort to us today. No, upon seeing the empty tomb, the response of the women was not faith, but they were perplexed. They were confused. Where had their Lord's body been taken? In the midst of this confusion, two angels come And you can imagine the terror that the women experienced in seeing these two angels in dazzling clothes. And then the question, the question that surprised them, why do you look for the living among the dead? The women were living, they were acting, they were behaving as if Jesus was dead. When in fact, he is alive. But before we would judge the women too harshly, let's look at ourselves. 
Too often we go through life ourselves. Even we who know that Jesus is alive, we forget and we live our lives as if Jesus was not risen from the dead. We forget. Sure, this morning we are gathered here in our Easter finery and we're singing the hymns and already multiple times this morning we have confessed with our lips, uh, even as we believe in our hearts that Jesus is risen from the dead. Become Thursday with the busyness of the week, with the hectic schedules that we keep, with the suffering that awaits us in our day-to-day lives, when the mundane reality of life hits us and dulls us, we forget. And we can go sometimes for days living, behaving as if Jesus was not risen from the dead. Fear, sadness, despair, pride, drudgery, all of these are symptoms of an illness. These are symptoms of a life lived as if Jesus is still dead and buried. And the only medicine that can cure that ailment is the gospel. The word of God, this wonderful good news that Jesus is risen from the dead. To have that word spoken to us so that in the midst of our drudgery and pain and despair and hopelessness, we suddenly remember that Jesus is alive. And that makes all the difference. The angels said to the women, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. Then the confusion the terror that they had been experiencing even moments beforehand vanished and they were filled with faith, such that they went and they told their brothers, the apostles, and all the other believers what they had seen, what they had heard, this reminder. That is the effect that the word of God has on our hearts. It changes us. How did the martyrs of the early church, these very apostles who heard from the women this wonderful good news on that first Easter day, years later when they were facing their death for this confession of Jesus being alive, how were they able to do this? Because they knew, they remembered that Jesus is in fact alive and that that makes all the difference in the world. So that the Romans who were killing them took note that the martyrs went to their death singing hymns with the confession of Jesus alive on their lips. This is what turned the empire from a pagan empire to an empire that eventually embraced Christ. How did Corrie ten Boom, the Dutch 
person who, along with her family, hid Jews in their house and then, when caught by the Nazis, were was taken to prison and to an extermination camp. How was she in the midst of that suffering that, quite frankly, I cannot identify with? How could she in the midst of that, the darkness of that place, the hopelessness of that place, how could she maintain faith? She struggled. But it was by the blessing of her sister, Betsy, who was there in the camp with her, who actually, in fact, would later die. It was Betsy who reminded Corey that our Lord is alive and that he was with them. She said, there is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. It's that reminder that sustained Corey through the hopeless situation, the the seemingly hopeless situation. How did the slaves in the American South, how were they able to endure the suffering that they experienced at the hands of their slave masters? We know because we sing their hymns. They sang songs that reminded them that our Lord is risen. That he was with them in the midst of their suffering. And that by his suffering and his death and his resurrection, he had redeemed them. And that while they may not experience freedom in its fullness here in life, this life, they knew that their Lord had opened the way to the promised land. And it was that song, that reminder that they sang to each other that enabled them to endure. How does the grieving parent who has lost their child, the grieving wife who has lost her husband, the grieving child who has lost their parent, how does, how does that person walk away from the grave with any sense of hope? It's because at the grave, we speak the words of Jesus. We remind each other even as we bury our loved ones, that this is not a final goodbye. It's more like a see you later. And that, in fact, one day, that person that we have placed into the ground, that's not their final resting place. It's merely temporary. That person will be raised from the dead, and we too, who believe in Christ, will be raised with them, and that we will live forever. And why? Because Jesus lives. How does the middle schooler going through just normal middle school life, and if it's been a while for you since you've been in middle school, it's tough. (laughs) How does the middle schooler go through life in this secular age and maintain faith? 
How can they maintain a positive spirit when they're going through the difficulties and challenges of life in this age? Because a brother or a sister comes alongside them, a brother or sister in Christ, who reminds them that their identity is not bound up in the brands of the clothes that they wear or in the grades that they get in school or in their academic or athletic prowess or in their musical or dancing ability, but that their identity is first and foremost and always in Christ who claimed them through holy baptism as a sheep of his own flock, a sinner of his own redeeming. Now, middle schoolers don't use that language, but they find their way of encouraging one another, letting them know that they're with them, that they are praying with them and for them. And and this is the role of parents for their children and even occasionally children for their parents, reminding them, telling this story again and again. This is how the saints down through the ages, even in our present day, we living saints are able to go through this valley of tears because we have told and retold and we have heard and reheard the message of the gospel that Jesus Christ crucified for sinners for the forgiveness of sins is risen from the dead. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Having remembered then these words of Jesus while he was still in Galilee, these words of Jesus that he would be crucified, but that he would rise from the dead, the women were encouraged. They were filled with hope and they ran and they told the apostles and all the rest the wonderful news that Jesus is alive. The women reminded them that Jesus had said all this would happen. Now, it wasn't the empty tomb that did this. That for them just was a source of confusion. The grave clothes that even Simon Peter went and saw did not confirm for him anything. It was the words of Jesus repeated, remembered. It caused them to believe. And that same word, that same promise has been given to us. And it has the same power to transform us from our places of fear and confusion to places of faith and hope. You know, we go through life and we are weighed down with the distractions and the busyness of just day-to-day life. We are weary from carrying the heavy burden of our sin. Sometimes that sin has such a hold on us that we think that that sin has become our identity. We kind of own it and wear it. And that is a heavy burden to carry. We can be worn down by the griefs that life in this fallen world sends our way. But in those situations, the power of the gospel breaks through. Whether it's here on a Sunday morning, 
or if it is a neighbor who calls you up on the phone or a coworker who stops by and, and just gives you a word of encouragement, somehow the gospel comes to your ears and in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through, you begin to have hope. All because you remember these words, this promise that Jesus is alive. This is the work of the Holy Spirit and it transforms us. We are a people who are created by and formed by the word of God and we are a people called to remind each other of this. It's what we do here, week in, week out, But not only in this place. We are called to remember this every day of our lives. And good luck trying to remember that on your own. (laughs) There's tools you can use and things, but we need each other. We need to have people speak this word from outside of us into us because we are so easy to forget this promise. It's so easy to believe the other lies that are out there in the world, the lies we even tell ourselves. But this power of this gospel breaks through. And so week in, week out, day after day, we repeat this promise. This promise of Jesus crucified for the forgiveness of our sins, risen from the dead. Here today, we will tell again, as we do each week, the story of how in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, took the wine, said, this is my body, this is my blood. He was pointing to his death. And as often as we, as often as we proclaim this, as often as we celebrate and receive this food on our lips, Into our bodies we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But not his death only, also his rising from the dead. Because unlike any other story, this story is told and given to us by the author of the story himself. He himself is in that bread, in that wine, and it, he, becomes a part of us. So that when we leave this place, we leave not just with the words in our ears, but the word alive in us. So that when we leave today with these words of Christ is risen on our lips, we share this hope with others. And if we who believe this, who are here today uh, joyfully proclaiming that Christ is risen, if we too can so easily forget, think about those in this world who do not have this confession readily on their lips, who do not believe and maybe haven't even heard. How are they in the midst of the things that wear us down, that, uh, that weigh us down, How are they to have hope? Because you and I, just as the women did, share this good news with them. And Christ, alive in us, enables this to happen. And the Holy Spirit, who has caused us to believe, causes them to believe. 
So may our crucified and risen Lord Jesus bless the telling and the retelling, the hearing and the rehearing that will happen this week. As you share this good news with those whom you meet, remembering and speaking again the good news that Christ is alive. In the name of Jesus, amen.